swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download Control Issues. Subscribe to Control Issues. Rate Control Issues. View Control Issues. Do all of it. Go to Twitter. Have my control issues as the handle. You can also hop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how you living? Living well, man. This is a, a, a sign of things to return to normal. No, it's not. We are, we are not recording the podcast in person, but we did see each other in person this week for the first time since before the pandemic. <laughs> since we got in the shit (laughs) the shits (laughs) over a year dude i mean i've I've seen you i've seen i've visually seen you every weekend through Uh, a video feed it feels like i'm on an outpost of mars or something like hey what's going on (laughs) well like jeez just seeing you through the gate and knowing it was like the AFC is right there. It's just real. Yeah, yeah. As I said, uh, that yeah, hug. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely. It's, this this has definitely been a great week so far. I have to say. How about yourself? How have things been? Not too bad. I mean, it is spicy outside. If you catch my drift, because we are we're in summer, right? So it's just sweltering. Running at AC, <laughs> just trying to stay warm. Like cutting the shade so I can get some shade, get out of these these direct sunlight. So, you know, just trying to keep things going, you know, still working on my self-improvement, got to cut back on the leisure time, playing games. Unfortunately, you know, I, I dibble and I dabble here and there, but, you know, trying to stay focused. However, when I am done with this accomplishment, I got a lot to get back into. What have you uh, been playing or what little have have you been playing? Have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what little have I been playing that I've been playing? Just uh, I the most that I did was yesterday when I was showing you what was going on with No Man's Sky, playing around with that, showing you the the prisms update with the better effects, the better sky. That sixty frames per second, those reflective surfaces. <laughs> oh man, it was just such a feast for the eyes. Uh, but the most that I played was when I showed you uh, Forza Horizon 4 because I had to do that. Took it to that Lego land, got my Lego Ferrari, tooling around, won a few races, you know, just knocking it out, getting the, getting the rust off the cylinders and the pistons. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I went, to, uh, I went to Legoland this week um, and 
all day I was just like thinking about like, man, I can't wait to see that that Legoland Forza crossover in person. Um, yeah, because that's you like, think? <laughs> it was great. I mean, it's so Legoland in general is awesome because it's it's like a Lego con, but like with with rides, <laughs> uh, and you pay a lot more. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it was just awesome. Like the entire city's Legos, like all the rides are like they're not made out of Legos, but you know they're they're Lego themed. <laughs> yeah, like that. Imagine uh, if they were made out of Legos. Oh, speaking of, I got some Lego news for you, but keep it on. Yes. Um. So yeah, after seeing all that, I was just sitting there and I was like, damn, I can't wait to see uh, Forza just to see Forza in general, but then also to see the Lego side of it. And so, yeah, to, to first see just Forza and to just to see the lighting and those vehicles just moving on that Series X, finally get my hands on that controller to feel those buttery smooth buttons <laughs> that, yeah, give so no, that, that give you no resistance. <laughs> yeah, now that you have both controllers in your hand done the side by side, you know, did, did a little weight, weight measurement, what did you think of the difference between the two? Uh, yeah, they're they're both good. Uh, I would say the thing I pointed out to you that you had mentioned, like it was something that I noticed right away, was just the uh, having the colors on the buttons. Uh, does I don't know? There's something about it, like it just does something, like to the eye from a visual perspective. When you look at the controller, you're just like, there are those buttons, there are the colors, and like I don't know, it's 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 weird. They they stand out a little bit more. It gives them their own space and presentation. Whereas on the, the, uh, the PlayStation controllers, like I have no problem with the weight and all that, all that stuff as far as like the form factor, but when it comes to, yeah, the, 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 uh, the buttons, they're pretty much, they blend right in. They're like white, if not like, like a very light gray. And um, yeah, they, they just, they're a part of the controller, but they don't stand out on their own, which is like, which for me, it's um, almost too clean in a way because it's it's too uniform. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is nice to see the colors on the buttons. I will say um, I'm not too picky when it comes to controllers because I, I do enjoy the DualSense. Like, I, I love the feel of it. I, I definitely like the feel of that Xbox controller, and I really enjoy the, uh, the Switch Pro controller. So they all – it seems like, if I can say anything, the the um, – the console makers just seem to have the right idea of what a controller should feel like for the gamer. I'm sure they've, they've tested it out numerous times. They've, they've seen the complaints from past generations and they figured out a way to update these controllers while also being able to stick to like the genuine, like the genuine great feel that people prefer when it comes to, uh, just playing any type of video game controller. And so, yeah, it seems like they all are on the right level that they need to be at. Um, so yeah, I was, I was impressed. Uh, how about yourself? How'd you feel about, how'd you feel now having played on both controllers for an extended period of time? Hey, yeah, I, I broke it down to previous shows, but just to reiterate, like the, the one thing I can say about the Xbox controller is it, it looks you in the eye when it shakes your hand. Like there's, there's no musing, there's no playing around, there's no bullshit. It's like you push a button, you have pushed that button. You pull the trigger, you have pulled that trigger. You know it, it's smooth, there's no resistance. PlayStation, the DualSense, it's, it's an awesome controller. It feels good to the touch. I feel like, I don't know, I don't know what is going on with the DualSense, but I feel like the way it's designed, 
somehow prevents my hands from getting sweaty. Like maybe it's because I'm not playing a high octane racing game on there. Maybe things will change when Gran Turismo comes around. But when I'm playing Forza on the Series X, like my hands get a little moist. It's, it, it gets a little tough, you know, got to take a break, got to cool down, bring my heart down. <laughs> Some of those races get real pulse pounding. But um, get that yeah, gaming I, glove. <laughs> that gaming glove. Who knows? Uh, who knows? But yeah, it's like the, the thing I dislike the most about the dual sense is that the buttons, it, the best way to describe it is that they're a little mushy in that you push it, but it's somewhat difficult to tell the difference between a, a proper push and an errant push in that like you could push the button and think that you pushed it but you haven't pushed it all the way and it won't register an input like even the options button like there's there's resistance to it and there's not a satisfying affirmative click to it the series x does that really well so i feel the xbox controller is superior in that regard and the dual sense is superior in every other regard except looks i like the clean classic look of the xbox controller i do like the brand new and like really forward-thinking look of the dual sense but it it's it stands out a bit i like my stuff classic i like my stuff clean i like you know, you pull it out and nobody really notices that kind of thing. With the dual sense, that's going to be a conversation. <laughs> and I don't want to do all that. What's that? Not like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of highfalutin. I like it in that way. But yeah, when I saw that Xbox, just like, just like that black, I was just yeah. like, damn. Because like, especially with the black, like the all black and then with like the, you know, the, the different color buttons, they stand out that much more. So it's like, there's something to it. Like it's, it's tough, like almost like with that matte finish, but then it's got a little color to like, just give it that personality, which is mm -hmm. like perfect. <laughs> it's like, you know what this is for. That, that balance. With um, AMC. Yes. What have you been playing? I have been playing more of Hades. Um, you know, we don't have to get too much into it, but I was Hades is still continuing to be great. Uh, gameplay, everything is perfect there. Uh, I will say, because I was like, you know, people complain about like Returnal and it saves and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was playing Hades and I was on a run and I, I, I assume the game like saved, yada, yada, yada. And I, you know, I closed out, shut down the uh, uh, switch, uh, loaded Hades back up, and uh, I, I wasn't in the middle of my run, eh, Dub? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It didn't. It didn't just start me right back where I left off. Like you know how people complain with Returnal. Like why uh -huh. would they? The like other roguelikes would never do that. Like, <laughs> you know why? Did Smart do the do the console port? What's going yeah, on? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that was definitely something I noticed this week. Where I was like, oh, so that's definitely some bullshit that people were complaining about, like <laughs> recklessly. Um, but outside of that, um, yeah, the game is awesome. I there there's also like in what they do really well in this game, which um, is something that was um, you know that people discuss with Returnal, how Returnal has like a story. It's, it's a mystery in a way. And by playing the game, you kind of learn what's going on. 
um hades in a way does that too where you're not just playing a straight up like story where you're pushing a narrative along but you're uncovering information and what they do really well what um what i noticed i'm only i've only done a couple runs but i got like a codex and in the codex it has pretty much every character you come across every item you come across yada yada and it has a description about all that stuff and what's cool is that the more you interact with each character or collect more of the items, you learn more about each of those things. And by learning more about, about those things, you, it um, kind of fills in the picture of the entire world, establishing the lore and, and like kind of establishing what's going on with the motivations of your character other than, because all of our, all we know right now is that your character wants to get out of Hades um, or sorry, not wants to get out of Hades, wants to get out of the underworld that's run by Hades. Um, and so you don't really know why other than the fact that he's like, he's a young punk trying to branch out on his own. But um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that makes each run even more interesting because without getting like, it's not like heavy spoilerish, but so Every time you do a run, you start back at the very beginning. You'll come across the, the people that you normally come across in the underworld and they'll talk to you. They have a new thing to say every time. And that's that's by design because as you talk to as you interact with those NPCs more, they it uh, updates your codex. But then on top of that, um, as I'm traveling, as I'm doing my next run, I'll then come across people randomly on those runs that I wouldn't come across like on any other run. Uh, so even then, like it's not just that you're going to come across like just different dungeons with different layouts on every run from that procedural generation. Uh, it's also, you'll come across just different characters that will then somewhat progress the narrative or at least fill out the world a little bit more that you can't come across in the, uh, you know, the base world when you uh, die every time. So it even gives each run its own like uh, significance because it's you, you never know which NPCs you're going to come across as you're cutting your way through the uh, underworld so that that in itself kind of gives like a greater feel of progression and then on top of that the um the level the uh I guess we'll say the level ups but the the skills that you decide to enhance those stick with you and you do notice on your next run like my first run was pretty much a struggle and by like my fifth run, I'm just cutting through dudes just from all the enhancements. So there is a heavy sense of progression in a game where you die and you just run back into the world to like handle your business. So they, they seem to have, they, they do have that perfect balance. And the more I play this game, I can kind of just see why it was so beloved as, you know, a game of the year. And it's not like, oh, the best roguelike of the year, like the best game of the year, because they took that genre and they seem, they seem to have done everything well and perfected it to in a way where it related to the average gamer which um you know maybe that's something with returnal you have people who don't normally play roguelikes they play and they just start you know finding each and every little thing to nitpick that they don't like that they yeah. can say that the genre the genre did this and this is why this genre is bad mm -hmm. hades seems to transcend the genre in a way where it is something that is more favorable to a greater that has more mass appeal, which is, uh, I guess, something that you can tip your hat to the creators behind that. So, um, yeah, hopefully, I'll, I'll definitely have more to say as I play the game because it seems to be evolving as I'm playing it. Not not just me evolving by getting the better at the game, but the game itself is evolving as I interact more with it. And so, yeah, um, can't wait to play more Hades. But a dub Hades Whoa. came out last Whoa. year. 
What'd you say? You said you tell me hold up? Uh, I was saying hold up because we forgot about that Lego news. Oh yes, what is that Lego news, eh, though? Well, so I showed you Forza Horizon Four. I showed you Lego Speedway, and in a little bit of car slash Lego news, Lamborghini teamed up with Lego, and they made a life size Lamborghini Sion FKP thirty seven out of four hundred thousand Lego pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Took 8,600 man hours. They used 15 different, they used they use just 15 different pieces to make it. Oh, 154 different kinds of pieces with 20 unique components, 400,000 Lego elements. 15 people were working on this. Overall, it costs about 40 grand, which is like, it sounds like chump change when you're talking about a Lamborghini, but this is a Lamborghini made out of Lego and neither one of those things are cheap. So if you guys are on the internet, look for that Lamborghini Sion made out of Legos. It's quite the sight to behold. And I just figured I'd share that. But you were going on about Hades. Yes, I was just saying, A-Dub, Hades was the game of the year last year. You know, mm-hmm. Forza Horizon 4 was, was a game that came out years ago with that Lego-ness. And so, A-Dub, with this Topics of the Week, we have a cornucopia of fresh, of new games that are going to be announced, that were announced at E3, at Summer Games Fest. Oh, at So Many Fests. Oh, we, we got to talk about them all, A-dubs. So, you know, you want to lead it off? Where, where do we begin? Oh, man, in our topics of the week. Top topics, topics of the week. I feel like we should just, you know, list the conference and any notable games but i mean there's there's one major conference yes there's one major conference so (laughs) let's get the let's get the lesser conferences out of the way first of the least of the lesser conferences i would have to say was the ubi forward that was yesterday for us probably a few days ago for you when you're listening to this but yeah uh ubi forward i expected a little more from that you know i think they have what some new operators for rainbow six siege uh, they announced some the ever-evolving state of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, I think they announced some some new functions for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, as well as how successful it is being, you know, the, the best Assassin's Creed of all time. It looks beautiful. They added single-handed swords, which I didn't even think a game like that would ever ship without such an item in it. But I guess, you know, since it's, wherever the hell they're running around in, what, England or Scotland? I don't know. But they got the two-handed Claymores, they're William Wallace in all day long. The most notable announcement was the reveal of what Ubisoft Massive has been working on, which is an Avatar game. (laughs) AMC, how did you feel about this, for me, completely unexpected reveal? Uh, I, you know, to be honest, I skipped it. I, I, I saw, like, <laughs> I saw, like, oh, there's an Avatar game. Moving on. <laughs> so I yeah, mean, I was. It, it, it did not um, register on my hype meter at all. Well, it's, it's definitely not on my hype meter, but at the same token, it's, you know, it's something new. So it's something that I paid attention to visually, at least insofar as what they showed, which I'm guessing was a large cinematic sequence that somewhat suggests what gameplay may resemble. It looks like a very big promise. I hope that they can make good on it. They lovingly recreated the world of Avatar from what I can tell. I never saw the movie, but I do remember the trailers and the commercials 
very vividly. So it's, you know, you got the humans running around with their, with their whole facilities and set up rolling out the helicopters and the mechs shooting missiles, cutting everything down. You got the, the avatars running or whatever the hell they are, but you got them running around, riding animals, shooting arrows, throwing spears. So it's a lot of aerial action going on. You're riding flying animals, you're jumping around. <laughs> but yeah, there's not much to say about that other than that it exists. And from what they've shown, it looks pretty good. So it's something that I'll be looking at just to see what kind of game it's going to so, end up being. Yeah, it's, I, I believe that there is like another Avatar movie because the first thing I thought was... Yeah, like, Avatar 2 was coming. Yeah, I was like, why now? <laughs> like, like it's <laughs> because it was like a thing where it's like, this is the movie that makes you want to watch movies in 3D, and that was like years ago. And no more 3D. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and so like it was one of those things where like I was like, oh, it's interesting that they're doing this now, but then it's like, oh yeah, there's a movie coming out, so it is somewhat uh, relevant in that in that sense. But yeah, it was um, for me massive. Like the thing I was looking forward to was um, what's going on with their Star Wars game. Yes. So, yeah. so when I saw <laughs> Massive's imprint on an Avatar game, I was like, wait a minute, are they yeah. double? Are they double tasking? What's going on here? Yeah. So I mean, maybe that means that this Star Wars game is pretty far out. I know. Like, I mean, the license is pretty much just coming to an end. So they 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 probably didn't start developing the game until late um and so yeah that means we, we probably won't be seeing it for a little bit uh for me the uh the the big takeaway from the ubisoft conference was a return to form in a game that was you know was loved by its audience that got into it we we thought we'd never see mario done by another developer uh, yeah. and now we're actually getting a sequel to a to a game that ubisoft developed and that or published and that being mario rabbits sparks of hope mm-hmm. um yeah there and is a, there is a spark of hope yes sir um and yeah so we know the the first mario rabbits kingdom battle did really well um they had an expansion with uh or at least dlc with with your boy donkey kong mm-hmm. and yeah um it was awesome to finally see mario in a turn-based tactics game and this one being um now continuing on but with um with the theme now of mario galaxy and so now we see rabid rosalina (laughs) we see the uh i have no idea who that is oh yeah you have to play mario galaxy uh they had do it yeah all right great and then uh (laughs) they brought back the the lumas the stars from mario galaxy but now we got like the rabbit lumas so there's a crossover there um and you know it the the trailer had a avengers theme as they showed all the characters lined up together as a square off against you know the boss they brought back they brought in the bombs which is cool um and so, yeah, you're going to have a bigger squad, more abilities, and I'm guessing with that, more combos. So it's nice to see that um, they're continuing on with that franchise because, you know, there was a period where there there seemed to be, you know, a few turn-based games here and there, but now this seems to be one of the many. So the genre is just continuing to just churn out games, which is great because that means that people are picking them up. And so... I'm happy that we're getting a Mario game in this space still. And so, yeah, I can't wait. But you have anything else from Ubisoft before we move on? Uh, I mean, we got another glimpse at Far Cry 6, a little little bit of story building up the villain played by Giancarlo Esposito. So 
you know, just giving a little more depth and texture there. Gave you so doing that villain thing where you think you're getting away with something, and then the villain just shows up, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you know. When I was a kid, my father used to give me this lesson, and then he gives you the lesson, and then he fucks you up. <laughs> so I like that kind of stuff. He's he's a cold piece of work. I can't wait to check out Far Cry Six, but. Moving on to the next conference, AMC, what do you have to note? Um, you know, we can do a quick hit on Square Enix. The uh, only game in this one was a whole lot of game because it was about like 20 minutes of gameplay that they showed. <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> and I'm so glad they did. <laughs> yeah, and that being Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, you heard right. The rumors are true. Square Enix has been working on a Guardians of the Galaxy game. It is coming out this year. I believe what October twenty first. Yeah, just so that, almost like shadow dropping that game. <laughs> yeah, three days after your boy's birthday, so that's probably going to happen. I've I've wanted a Guardians of the Galaxy game out of this return to form or return to gaming in general for Marvel. So I'm thrilled that we're getting it. I'm only upset that you can only play as Star Lord. However, you have all the Guardians there. You're just, you're going to town. You're brawling. It's very Guardians to the core where there's just constant banter between the whole team. And there's like those little internal conflicts and animosity. You're going to have relationships that you got to maintain and can tarnish if you, depending on the decisions you make as Star-Lord. From what I've seen, it looks like, it looks like it'll be a solid game. And being Guardians of the Galaxy, that's just going to amplify it even more for me. So I don't give a damn what anybody says. I don't give a damn what the reviews say. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. Day one purchase for me, that is happening. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it, no matter what shape it takes and no matter how it turns out. AMC, how did you feel about it? Yeah, it looked good. Um, it The combat very much, like you can see the influence of Final Fantasy 15 in it. Final Fantasy 15, if you haven't played it, it was uh, the one where it's basically you and the crew, I believe it was uh, three other guys. Um, and a lot of that was you basically, you have your attack, but it's, um, you kind of, you're pushing your attack button and he makes it happen. He makes it work. And you're managing the battlefield by, um, by basically comboing up attacks with your, your squad mates. And um, you saw this in this game. It seemed like, as Star-Lord, you're kind of moving around and you're shooting. It's like I didn't ever see him miss, so it seems like it's on par with that where you're pushing the button to attack, you're wearing them down, and then you call up um, a support character, then they get off their big attack, and then you combo that with your attack to like to do bonus damage. And so it seems like it's very much uh, in line with the combat of Final Fantasy XV, which was all about group-based combat, but from a single-player perspective. Um, they did that really well in that game, and it seems like they managed to do that in this, but still make it very much uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, as you mentioned with the banter, that part was really cool. They they said that there's a lot of uh, one, there's a lot of dialogue between the characters, or something that you experience a lot in Final Fantasy 15. But um, what what's cool about Guardians of the Galaxy is these characters are very established, so you you very much know the um, the the relationship uh, between them as they or the their dynamics as they interact with each other. And now to see this in a video game, especially in a video game where um, 
what's cool that Final Fantasy 15 didn't do is you're kind of, you're, you're making a lot of decisions and you're dis, you're siding with certain characters and it can piss off another character and I guess make them react negatively if you yeah, choose against them um, and also lead to like funny outcomes which is also funny which is also cool so there's they've they've managed to put in a game that has a ton of combat but then in the downtime when you're not in combat to have this um this dynamic between your squad and their interactions that will kind of carry you from moment to moment in a way where it's it's going to be like watching a movie and while also playing a video game so it's a it seems to be the perfect style of Guardians of the Galaxy game that they could put out there. Um, and so yeah, I I'm I'm super excited for this one. I can't wait to see um, as see what more they have to show for it as far as like developing your characters um, and things on those lines. I know that they showed that there's different um, skins that you can get, especially if you pre-order the game. So it's not like you're locked into certain looks for characters. So yeah, um, it's it's kind of cool to see that. Marvel has, you know, extended their partnership with Square Enix and making games outside of, you know, the live action uh, Marvel Avengers game. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see um, what this game has to offer as we get closer to launch. Now, speaking of what it has to offer, we know that the game takes place about one year after the Guardians have formed. So that's where they are in their relationship. It's likely still tumultuous, a little rocky. They probably haven't come completely together as a unit yet, but they are a unit and they're making it work. On top of that, I saw some information where 80s music is used in the game as a mechanic in order to get the Guardians to work more in sync. So we'll see more about that at a later date. What else you got for us, AMC? That was all I had for Square Enix. Everything else was... Um either over my head or just, you know, I haven't really gotten into those near games, things along those lines. Yeah, never got into that. Uh, <laughs> Team Ninja showed off their Final Fantasy game, so that rumor came to fruition. Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called because, honestly, it didn't, it didn't look that good to me. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be that dude. The combat looked solid, but insofar as, like, that voice acting was immediately just, ugh, not this kind of game. <laughs> And yeah, then, yeah, was, uh, you know what it was like. It wasn't even like just the voice acting. It was hearing the black guy talk, or it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this sounds like every black character that like, and it almost in a way where it's like, is this just like, like kind of like I don't know if it's a Japanese developer, but like it's kind of like uh, they have their idea of what black people are and how exactly. they sound. <laughs> exactly, it's so like, like oh, like, so oh, that's that's your interpretation of black. Okay. It's like, oh, so we got Barrett in this game. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, uh, since we since we've been on this like inclusion and diversity kick, I propose that within the gaming industry specifically, if you're going to be portraying characters of a given nationality or skin color, you got to have at least one or two people on the team of that nationality, skin color, to kind of nudge you in the right direction of how to give a more authentic portrayal. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know people like saying like, oh, that's, you're forcing, you're forcing diversity, yada, yada. But there, when it comes to things like this, where you're looking, where you're going to have the representation, why not get it right? <laughs> or like, why not, why not, why not play more than one note with that representation? <laughs> so, let me get this straight. If I were to open up a development studio today, employ nothing but African-American developers and make games about white people, 
nobody would have a problem with that. <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, I did. we didn't really focus test it. You know, this is just what we know about <laughs> the people of the culture. Just completely butcher the characters. So I don't know. We just say, hey, okay, we're going to go in there. We're going to crush these spirits. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other dude also, like, kind of pretty generic. He's like, ugh. Take this as he smashes like the thing. <laughs> so I only was, know one thing. Yeah. I hate chaos. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was very um yeah, I don't know. I'm Final Fantasy, I'm like in a place where if it wasn't for remake, like I would be kind of like um like even when they announced what was a Final Fantasy 16 for PlayStation, I was kinda like, all right, cool. But the um the, the sour taste that Final Fantasy 15 left um, after playing that game, uh, you know, I I've been kind of like whatever about that franchise since then because I've I, I support it just from just years of playing those games, but it's just you know it hasn't been doing it for me. Remake was the first time where I was like, oh okay, they're kind of trying to you know how Yakuza is kind of playing with it a little bit in a way where it's like all right now we're doing like turn base but then if you want the action you can go here yada 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 um it seemed like remake tried to do all that in one game in a good way where it's like you can't have the action combat or you can do the turn base you, you can switch in between and this game where it's like more focused on the action i guess from style it just uh the action itself didn't look bad it was just it kind of gave me vibes of uh I'll say Godfall, where you're looking at, and it's like the action isn't bad. It's just there's just nothing personality-wise that's drawing me in for this game. That's pulling me the towards action, this. The action is all there is. Yeah, exactly. Like the world isn't interesting to look at. The characters aren't interesting to look at or listen to. The enemies aren't interesting to engage with. It's nothing. There's nothing pulling me into this and just to give them the minimum amount of respect the game is entitled stranger of paradise final fantasy origin i i i'm gonna need to see more but it's already starting off on a on a sour note for me yeah exactly so you know this might be uh we got enough final fantasy coming we got like you know the extinction of final fantasy remake and yada yada. So it, it's just, it, it just means that I don't have to play this game basically. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, as far as like the square Enix conference, the big one was guardians of galaxy. Was there anything else there? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at some lists. I'm just trying to, they showed off some Babylon's fall. We haven't seen that in a long time. We got black Panther coming to the Avengers. Chad Bellsman rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life is Strange, True Colors, starring an Asian-American lead, female. That's so, that representation. That representation. Her superpower is empathy, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> you can Games get high. Impact. Yep. <laughs> Always. So that takes care of that. But now we get to get into the meat and potatoes of the weekend. Get to the shits. Get to the shits of that day two. <laughs> the Microsoft Bethesda conference. Ugh. Oh, yes. <laughs> so this was kind of, to, to, to set the table, you know, E3, they took the year off last year, pandemic, you know, just they couldn't adapt to time. And If coming, you're alive, you know. Yeah, and then coming into this year, it's like, hey, E3's back. 
Um, we're still trying to figure it out. All right, you know what? We're going to go all digital. Cool. I mean, we're all just watching the trailers anyways at home. So why have this big live event where you're going to get all these people together? Cool. But who's going to sign on? All right. Well, we got uh, Xbox right away. We got uh, Nintendo. We got Capcom. Yada, yada, yada. Ubisoft said they're going to do something. EA, you know, they're going to do their EA play thing, but they're going to do it when they want to do it. So they're kind of off on the side. But yeah, we didn't hear anything from Sony. And so it, it, at that point, didn't hear anything from Sony. It's like, all right, well, Microsoft said they're on. So they're kind of carrying this conference at this point um, because, you know, Nintendo does their directs. The, the directs always do well. But um, this is kind of the big showcase for, you know, Sony and Microsoft. And with Microsoft only on board for this, it's they're really going to kind of set the tone for, I'll say, the relevance of E3 moving forward from this point. And so we had their conference and take it away, Doug. They started off with a bang. <laughs> First of all, your man Todd, aka God Howard, came out talking that shit, letting them know. Opened it with Todd Coward. <laughs> <laughs> Not afraid. Oh, letting them know off the bat, we mean business. <laughs> Todd Howard giving it up. You know, we've had 20 years of Xbox. We've had 35 years of Bethesda Game Studios. Uh, uh, and 25 years in the works, we finally get the first brand new universe from BGS. They finally gave us Starfield. Um, Not all the way, just the tip. We got ourselves a little teaser in engine showing us basically the tone and the atmosphere of the game. It opens up on some. None awesome. of this matters, Ado, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, none of this matters. <laughs> so was only, there was only one thing that mattered about this, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to it. Yeah. <laughs> opened up on some. Well, two things that matter, but yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah. <laughs> opened up on some camera footage looking like, you know, some old Apollo, Apollo 11, Apollo 13 moonshot footage looking at your ship we got some radio chatter going on we we see your ship in color you're on the surface of a planet it's sunny or it's not not buggy it's not buggy (laughs) none of that jake (laughs) we see we see a silhouette enter the cargo hold of a fairly hulking piece of machinery that i'm assuming is your ship and that has got me pumped more than anything going into the cargo bay you see like beds and storage spaces and items strewn about the space you see the character climbing up a ladder that's new so we got that going on you get up to the the common area you've got a table multiple chairs i'm guessing you're gonna have companions in that maybe maybe not sets the weapon down on the table it's blinking on the top showing you how much ammo is left in it it's a blinking yeah get to the cockpit hitting switches oh i hope it has hydraulics it doesn't <laughs> but hitting switches setting everything up getting the captain's seat pulling so many screens buttons. closer <laughs> i really i really hope they animate all that like of course give people the option to not see that because you know people gotta value my time i gotta skip i gotta skip the cutscenes. no uh, i skip anything i can skip <laughs> <laughs> i only want gameplay oh game story sucks i didn't see any of it so 
Yeah, you get in the cockpit, more radio chatter, waving at a mech that looks like it walks into your cargo bay, guessing it's yours, hopefully we can use it. And uh, yeah, they're giving the countdown, the ship's priming its engines, getting ready to take off, countdown hits 11, 11, 22. What? I thought this game was years in the future, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so we got a November 11, 2022 release date, which uh, explains why we're getting a teaser trailer instead of solid gameplay. Uh, the wait's going to be excruciating. Xbox exclusive. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I think we like we had said like in the previous weeks, I had said to you, I was like, literally Microsoft could have a one minute conference and all they have to do is say Starfield exclusive to the xbox and they would win e3 yep. it's probably like it's like almost like sony got wind of that and it's like you know we're gonna let you have your moment <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go into the lab real quick because <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there, there's just there's there's no way to beat that there's no way to beat that yeah. it's, it's, it's all, well i mean it's, there is a way but i mean sony would have to reach all the way in the hat and pull out the biggest rep They'd have to pull out the the mother rabbit in yeah, order exactly. to beat that. Cool. I mean, because that was the thing that people were holding on. It was like they have this. They they announce this big acquisition. Bethesda's coming to Microsoft. Oh wait, Bethesda's. It's now a Bethesda and Microsoft conference. Okay, okay. That they're, they're all right, all right, all right. It's a partnership. They still and, haven't officially confirmed what's what. Yeah, and then like people, all the the Xbox fanboys are all like, "Oh yeah, we got we got Bethesda." I know you're it's worried. Exclusive. Get over it. And then the, the pony, the pony defense force. They're sitting there. and It's like they haven't announced it though. They haven't announced it. So it ain't games, official. Your games might be everywhere. You know, yes, Phil Spencer. Likes official. to have his games everywhere. He likes it to. Ain't official. He's a man of the people. <laughs> he's a they man didn't of the say head. it though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they're like, "Nah, exclusive." And uh, and then the Pony Defense Force, you know, they go riding off. They they lost they lost their last line of defense when it comes yeah. to that acquisition. Now it's just now it's just all bad for gaming. Adub, it's just bad for the consumer. Uh, but yeah, you know, let's get past that. Starfield. We we saw a little teaser trailer. We got we got a date. We got it for next year, I believe. Uh, I had said last week that Jason Schreier tri- uh, reported that this game was well far off from coming out. So to see that this game is coming out next year, absolutely awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't um, call that well far off. It's definitely the longest release window since Skyrim. Yeah. So that's it's a little disappointing in that regard, but it's still less than a year and a half. Like that time will fly by. This year is half over. Yeah, and, and I think about the fact that Halo, in which we will talk about Halo Infinite, we we see them at uh we see basically them at an Xbox event, assuming that they're gonna come out for the holiday and it got delayed an entire year. So hopefully, ideally, th- if they can hold on to their date. That's not bad at all. If we get this game, they pretty much announced it what uh, two years ago, and now we're going to be getting it by next year, which is a perfectly fine development cycle for a game. Far yeah, from and, far from development hell, as uh, you would say with other games. <laughs> and, and we know what we're getting it on. Exactly. <laughs> no, no assumptions. No, no questions. No questions. Uh-huh. Know what we're getting it on. So that's all that matters. A dub already situated. So I ain't even tripping. So yeah. at this point, Microsoft has already won E3. 
and yeah. there's so much conference left. <laughs> they came out. They came out with the first round knockout. They're standing in the corner, just waiting for the opponent to get up. Because you know, like you know, like the Pony Defense Force are sitting on the sideline. They're like, all right, well, they got Starfield, but they don't have any games. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still they they got all these studios and no games. <laughs> nah. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> Microsoft about is Xbox Game Pass, but they got no games. Microsoft brought the hat. I gotta say, because the next game they showed off that was that was of note. I would have to say Stalker Two. AMC, how'd you feel about it? Uh, great trailer. I never played Stalker One, so this is <laughs> almost like I. yeah, this is almost like oh, there's this is two, okay. But um, I will say this all um, presentation wise, so. You have these guys are all sitting around a campfire. They're discussing, you know, just life and times. Shit and, in another language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like Russian. I'm not sure what it was. Um, but yeah, they're all discussing around the campfire, telling stories. And as the stories continue, you know, it's first you, you see that they're in a post-apocalyptic, looks, looks like nuclear fallout type of situation. It's, uh, it's like Stalker 2, something Chernobyl. So we know it has to do with like, at least like that fallout um and they're sitting there they have their, their was it their their geiger counters or whatever yeah <laughs> um and uh, as of right at the very beginning it just seems like okay it's kind of like a, a fallout style game and then you see some of the, the combat the shooting and it's like oh okay first person shooter the shooting looks absolutely smooth looks absolutely phenomenal You're like, yeah okay, it's okay. absolutely gorgeous yeah and they're, they're shooting humans and it's kind of like okay and humans specifically because it's like all right okay so this is kind of like a first person shooter you know we've seen these and then the monsters start coming out (laughs) and it just starts getting wild and yeah this game looks uh if you're looking for a first person shooter crossover with like the horror genre you know like come to think about it we don't really get a lot of that like right now um and this seems to be fitting that that bill perfectly and yeah the game just looks absolutely phenomenal uh what did you think when you were saw it i i like i said i've never seen anything about stalker i've only heard people speak very positively about it hoping for a sequel and now they finally got it stalker 2 heart of chernobyl uh like you said they brought out the first person shooting with the human enemies the shooting looks phenomenal like almost a little too good to be true i mean it's just it's beautiful it sounds great you can you can feel the action even through like watching a stream, <laughs> you know, and then they switch to the more science fiction elements of the game where you're walking around, you see this critter caught up in this invisible forest and it gets ripped apart. Uh, the character pulls out its, pulls out a meter, has these probes in his hand and is tossing them out. I guess trying to guide himself to something ends up finding this, this floating glowing orb that they pick up. Meanwhile, you know, looking around, seeing that invisible force lying in wait, trying to get his next victim. So uh, knowing nothing about the stalker franchise, it definitely got my attention and it's something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. It looks like it might be one of those special first person shooters that I'm more than willing to spend my time on games similar to Metro Exodus, you know, Bioshock, the that ilk of game. Granted, those are two very different experiences, but there's something more than just running and shooting. That's what I'm about. Stalker 2 looks to fit that bill, so we'll be watching it. AMC, 
what's the next game? Um, you know, this will be a quick hit. Um, just because I like to bring bring up this game because people try to, you know, try to say like it was dead tried on, to bury it. <laughs> yeah, they tried to say it was dead on arrival. You know, we we hear all the numbers of the people still playing it. Microsoft still supporting it. Uh, we we saw Sea of Thieves. It's it's getting an expansion this this coming by way of in a partnership with Disney. A dub. God damn. <laughs> makes and it makes total sense now that you think about it. But we see your boy Captain Jack Sparrow. He's he's talking. Captain he, Sparrow. Uh, like one of he's giving one of his uh, monologues, and you're you're automatically you're you're getting drawn in just by the charisma of that magnetic personality. That panache. That panache, and you're like, oh shit, okay, that's cool, Captain Jack Sparrow, and they just start showing all this other stuff, and it, it all looks cool. It's called uh, Sea of Thieves: A Pirate's Life. Um, as mentioned, partnership with Disney. So you can you got your boy Captain Jack Sparrow. They also worked in the ghost ships. They uh, worked in yes. even the enemies from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. The uh, like the main villain, the uh, like the the squid looking dude. Um, so yeah, he's in the game. So it's it's a full fledged like um, experience that like they're putting into this game as opposed to you know just like a quick like side mission. So it's uh, it looks absolutely cool. So. Just once again, it seems like for the, for the people like you had mentioned in the pre, in the um, what you've been playing, No Man's Sky, the people who are sticking with these games are just continuing to reap the benefits of sticking with those games and seeing how they evolve. And that's it's something that gets overlooked when people immediately do the eye roll at these you know games as a service, um, live service genre style of games. They just completely write them off and they forget that like. If the developer, if the publisher is completely behind a game, they'll continue to make that game better and it can evolve and go in directions that you would have never guessed it would have gone. And so when the game comes out at launch and you're just sitting there and it's like, oh, I, I put 30 hours into it. Uh, there's just not enough content here. Game's crap. It'll never be anything. <laughs> um, yeah, you come back. Like If you just stick with it, I feel like you'll find the benefit. And you'll know the games that are going to be kind of left behind just because there are games that will not resonate even with their community. It's one thing if you don't resonate with the uh, and like with you know the general audience of gamers, but it's another thing when you have your own community and they're not even into it, and then you end up with like you know an anthem type of situation. But no, see if these the the community has been there and they've continued to support it, and they're reaping all the rewards for it. And that's why I felt like the game needed a shout out. But let's keep it moving. A dub. What else do you got notable? So God, let's move through the list. Oh man, we saw. I mean, we just just some quick hits. We saw some Yakuza like a dragon going to Game Pass. We, mm. saw, we saw some more Back for Blood. That's looking interesting. Back for we, Blood looks incredible. I know it looks yeah. like it's going to be <laughs> so much fun. So it it control issues might be back for that blood. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> uh, like that Left for Dead, like that community has that's all they discuss is like we love that game we want more of that game yeah yeah. when are we getting three yeah um and back for blood seems to be like right there for what those people want and just looks like a quality game i'll say on top of that and even like as i mentioned that you know i joke about i jokingly it's like i feel like people are gonna say that days gone was ahead of its time but you see this like 
hordes of zombies running at the people. It's co-op. That's what um, Sony Bend wanted to do with a sequel to uh, Days Gone. They wanted to be a co-op style zombie game. Um, and it seems like this game is just taking all of that <laughs> because Sony said, nah, uh, and they're going to do it right. And so there is an audience for it, especially if the game is done right. And so I'm, I'm for that reason alone, I'm glad that this game exists. Keep it moving. We saw a little teaser, cinematic teaser, for a game entitled Contraband, which is an Xbox exclusive. It's going to be co-op, open world, being developed by Xbox Game Studios and Avalanche. So that's something to keep your eyes peeled for when we finally see something substantive to, to base our opinions on. We saw some Psychonauts 2. We saw a little bit of 12 Minutes, which is the indie game where it takes place in the living room of an apartment and you it keeps going in those 12 minute loops where you got to figure out why these people are being assaulted by this random figure and try to prevent it. Because I'll be damned if anybody's getting my wife. But let's get into something a little bigger. One of A-Dub's games of the show from the creators of Inside, we got to look at Somerville. (laughs) So this game is coming in 2022. Uh, There's not much I can tell you about it in so far as like, what it's about or what it or what you do with it like it it looks very much in the same vein as a limbo as an inside however you're playing as an adult male <laughs> at least from what i could tell you got a dog you got your woman think you, you have a kid and you're just trying to get to safety you know going driving and running across country it looks like the world has been invaded by these unknown alien figures there's ships as far as the eye can see in the background and you're, you're moving from location to location, you're going through, you're going through forests, you're going through underground areas, you're swimming, you're just trying to, you're, you're trying to escape, trying to get to safety. I don't know what you're doing. It looks phenomenal. The way that it's animated, the visuals, and just like the interpersonal reactions between the characters as well as the NPCs in the world. It looks very realistic and lifelike, which is something that I've been looking for in games for a very long time. You know, we always get beat over the head with the, you gotta save the world, you gotta save the universe, you gotta save life itself from the darkness, the great darkness. And I'm tired of that shit. I wanna see games where even if the circumstances that the characters are maneuvering through are fantastical and outrageous, keep the premise grounded. This isn't them trying to stop the alien invasion. This is just them trying to escape and stay alive. You're not fighting hordes of aliens. You're not, you know, getting the infinity gauntlet, snapping your fingers. You're just trying to escape. So I want to see, I want to see how the man and the dog interact. I want to see, you know, the, the tenderness of the man holding his wife's hand as they're running from impending doom. I want to see, you know, how they react when the aliens are right on top of them trying to vacuum up any living beings that they can, that they can find. Like AMC, how did you feel when you saw the trailer for Somerville? Um, Yeah. The first thing I thought um, was it just gave me vibes of uh, inside and inside was an absolutely phenomenal game. Um, And like, 
games where like inside limbo no no discussion no talking uh the characters like you know very little about the characters and by the end of it you learn more about them just by playing through the game but there's no big story points things on those lines it's almost more of the um surviving and getting through certain scenarios um it gives you an idea of the character um behind you know the protagonist but not necessarily like it's everything isn't spelled out for you they're they're somewhat abstract games and this trailer had all of that and it has like the moments where there's a lot of running a lot of running with uh it seemed like you got your your family you also you, you got your dog it looked like and um but like like one of the cool moments was you see them running and you just see a dude with a laser like rifle, just firing it off, like almost like providing you cover. And yeah, so which uh, I thought was interesting. It's like, do you end up befriending the aliens? And one of them sees your struggle and it's like, no, nah, I got to stop this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's, um, but those games have all been like absolutely phenomenal, like uh, a, a combination of great platforming and puzzle solving. And it seems like this game is going to have all of that there and with just a perfect aesthetic. I don't, it's one of those games too, where I don't need to see a lot to know that I want to play it. And if it's coming from that pedigree of limbo and inside, um, you can maybe assume that there might be some physics based puzzling in there, mm-hmm. but um it's, it's gonna it's gonna have some smart puzzles uh if anything and so yeah this this game is already on my watch list and you know um unfortunately it seems seems to be that xbox just has a um uh like a, a close relationship i'll say with uh with um i don't even know if this is by play dead itself but it's i know what it is by it's from a co-founder of play dead um and so that relationship seems to stand being that this game uh, was showing off the Microsoft conference. And if I remember right, inside was delayed before it came on the PlayStation. So good on you, Microsoft for keeping those relationships going. I'll say the third party relationships. It's all about it. Oh man. Uh, Another quick hit before we get into a dub second game of the show, we got to see atomic heart again. Uh, You remember atomic heart, right? It's kind of that, that Bioshock looking game, but very, very Soviet, <laughs> I'll have to say. Mm-hmm. So we finally got to see it again. Still looks as phenomenal as the first day it was shown. However, it looks much more polished and much more complete as a playable product. We're starting to see the second hand of the character get involved. So it's looking a lot more like Bioshock when you're throwing electricity, shooting an enemy. Uh, we're seeing just weird and outlandish things going on, such as the big Lego looking character with the suitcase head and the peaches in it <laughs> running around while you're trying to shoot a pistol in space. So yeah, man, Atomic Heart continuing to look like something that's going to be a very interesting game to get involved with. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on it's going to be available from day one on game pass (laughs) yeah i will say um and we won't even be able to discuss all the games but uh just reiterating how uh much microsoft killed it in the presentation like just the way that they even like just uh went through everything so the fact that so a thing with Game Pass, we knew that we were going to hear a lot about Game Pass because everything is it's all about Game Pass. It's such a great deal. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but the like kind of the knock on it was like it's a great deal for a bunch of games that have already been out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've made, said that. 
Yeah, but what made this conference awesome is these are all games that haven't come out and they're all and I believe it was like around 30 games and of like the 30 something games, 27 are coming to Game Pass. So it's not even like a thing where it's like, oh, all these old games now you can look forward to playing them again on Game Pass. It's no, these are all new games that you're excited for that you won't even have to buy if you don't want to. <laughs> so like that's that's where all right, this is now like a service for people who are like for for gamers and not just like for people who like are looking to just play a bunch of older games without having to buy them. And so like that was just another win for Game Pass in itself just based on the quality of these games and having a connection to them. And speaking of wins for Game Pass, uh, we also got news that about like 10 more Bethesda games were added to the service, including Doom Eternal. Yes. So that's something to get into. If you have Game Pass, if you don't have Game Pass, you might want to get Game Pass so that you got Game Pass and you can get all that shit. A-Dub's second and last game of the show replaced... So this game, when that trailer first came on and they're showing those trees blowing, first of all, I thought it was full 3D. That's how beautiful the pixel art of this game was. I was like, wait a second. Then I saw it was like, it's a little fuzzy. It's a little little jaggy. Oh, that's pixel art. Wait a minute. (laughs) That's when, when I noticed it was pixel art, that's when I perked up. So we got trees blowing. We got people running through the trees. Then your main character starts running through the trees. They're hopping, they're jumping. Then we see just, we start seeing just these beautifully animated and rendered pixel art scenes, like a, a character sitting in a beam of sunlight, putting up his hand to stop it from blinding them. Then he's walking across like just this, this ruined highway with in this 2.5D style that, like if man, if they rendered this like with modern game with modern game visuals and not pixel art, it would be one of the most beautiful games out there without question. But even with pixel art, it's just the art direction and the art style is so top grade. It's amazing. However, back to this trailer. Characters walking around again. This is two point five D. There's a lot of foreground, middle ground, background going on. It looks beautiful walking through you see the circumstances the everything's run down this is a it's a cyberpunk thriller you're in the future it's post-apocalyptic people are on the streets they're they're gathered around fires they're rummaging through the garbage and then you roll up on a crew one of them steps out you square off you're getting in that ass, dancing around him like he's not even there, knock him down to the ground, pull off the pistol, blow his brains out. That's when we get the tone and the atmosphere of what's going down. Don't know much about the game. Other than that, we continue on this trailer to see some platforming elements. You're, you're climbing on buildings. You're climbing on neon signage. It looks utterly phenomenal. You're you're swinging and jumping and grabbing. Your platform is dope. And then when you get to the combat, that is where this game really sings. All of the movements look deliberate. They're incredibly stylish and choreographed. Like I imagine once someone knows how to play this game and can read the on-screen action, you're going to be pulling off these choreographed scenes of action that look like they're straight out of a out of a John Woo film or something of that nature. Like it's it's not like 
all the other games or just standard games where it's like, you know, shoot, 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 move, hit, hit, hit. It's like guys swinging at me, turn around his back, pull out the pistol, point it at him, click. Another guy's coming, pop, pop, running up a dude's riot shield, cartwheeling over him, hit him in the back. Like it's, it, it looks phenomenal. AMC, what did you think about Replaced when you saw it? Please just add as much as you can to this because I believe that this game is one to watch. Um, yeah, actually, uh, so yeah, so that game looked absolutely phenomenal. I don't have much more to say because you pretty much hit everything that I was gonna say. Just the overall presentation of the game was enough, like it passed the eye test immediately. Just uh, the visuals, and then you see the combat and just some of the, the animations within the combat. That's like there's something about like retro looking games, but then taking advantage of modern hardware to just add these just these smooth like textures and animations within the combat to just you know bring it more to life than you would have gotten in the past and this game just has all that has the right tone has has a great atmosphere it's uh yeah it's one of those games that like almost like somerville like our somerville i don't need to know much about it i just need to know when it's out and when it's available on ideally a playstation so that i can play it because uh you know i might have to get game pass at some point maybe i'll get like a stick play it on my tv uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a thing they're doing <laughs> so yeah um yeah it's uh that game looked uh, absolutely phenomenal don't have more to say other than yeah that looks like a day one purchase it's a day one purchase for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> unbelievably like it it's enough that i know it exists so all i need to know is when it's going to be available and that's when i'm going to get it that's a dubs game of the show tied with Somerville, so that's coming down. But that's not even all the games. A dub. <laughs> oh, I'm almost done. I got I got two more I want to talk about. So if you have any more, feel uh, the free. only the only quick hit because this one is far out, but it's not a small game. Uh, this one being the Outer Worlds two got so announced. That was, that was one of the ones. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this one all it really was was an announcement trailer. Uh, the big thing here being that. It is going to be next gen only title. We know um, when you know Microsoft announced the Series X and S, they said you know first couple of years cross gen games, and people were like, oh, well, I'm going to get a PlayStation then because Sony believes in generations. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we saw how that went. Yeah, um, but <laughs> people misinterpreted that <laughs> exactly. And so now uh, Outer Worlds two being announced but not only announced being a next gen only title so that will be something a game that seemed to be doing a lot of the right things this was the this was what the bethesda killer before bethesda joined forces with microsoft and now yeah. we're, all, we're all friends again yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that yeah so now you can you can have your starfield and your outer worlds too and enjoy both of those games for their differences now um, they're gonna work together and make new vegas too yeah exactly <laughs> They're going to make the best fallout ever now. <laughs> yeah. And, and funny too, being that I think Outer Worlds is kind of like a space game and in, being that Starfield is going to be a space game. So it'll yeah, even be interesting yeah. to see that you'll have like, your own different sci-fi space style games um, on, on Xbox consoles. <laughs> it's going to be interesting seeing the infighting among the Xbox gamers like, oh, Outer Worlds too. That's the, that's the Starfield I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. Starfield is going to smash on Outer Worlds too. I guarantee it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you have a ship. <laughs> you have a ship, but here's my thing, and like, I'm not going to get just overly negative, but 
we still haven't seen Starfield. And That's a good we, point. we know the excitement. It what I'll say is Cyberpunk kind of set me up to never get overly excited for anything now. And so that is it's kind of extremely fair. Yeah. So it's um we know we know what Outer Worlds is. Um and it's now just gonna be two. So you can only hope that that would just mean a more evolved game on a on a stronger console. Whereas Starfield is gonna be something completely new. So who knows how that's going to turn out, but it, that's part of the, the fun of doing something new is we don't know. And so that's, there's just a lot of possibility there, which is great. And speaking of being on a stronger console, we know that Microsoft has acquired the publishing rights to the Outer Worlds franchise and Outer Worlds 2 is exclusive. Yes. <laughs> uh, I got to say, Outer Worlds 2 definitely gets the, the trophy for the best trailer of an E3 showcase that I've ever seen because they they somehow made a trailer that conveyed everything you need to know about like the game and its attitude without revealing a single goddamn thing because they spent the whole time with the trailer just shitting on trailers <laughs> shitting on trailers and which is long overdue and even to the point where they say, here's our pan out. We don't really show like the lead character because we don't really have an idea <laughs> of like what we're going to do. Because the, the artists haven't finished his design. Yeah. In fact, they haven't even finished his story or any gameplay. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much what we got from the Outer Worlds 2 trailer was no real gameplay, no nothing. And so, yeah, that's, they were like, well, we can't just just announce Outer Worlds 2 with, you know, just like a picture, <laughs> a concept, yeah. with, with like a piece of concept art and then move on. So like, you know what, we do want to announce this game, but how can we have fun with it and be self and be self-aware, which is something that, you know, developers and publishers aren't really like they don't really play into that enough unless you're like devolver digital uh, mm -hmm. where they, they then just take a sledgehammer and fucking just take the whole trope thing and just knock it on its head mm -hmm. um it was nice to see outer worlds have that and if anything that's also a thing that like kind of makes them different from bethesda is that like they they have this like they have this character um that is very them whereas Bethesda has their thing going on and because of that Outer Worlds like it's almost like they took what is it the uh was it wacky wild wack, wacky uh, wasteland <laughs> like and they just put that into a video game uh just like that that option and so um and that kind of also just takes on the tone of the team of developers behind Outer Worlds so yeah I'm. I'm happy that uh, that they're doing this, and I can't wait to see what like this game turns out to be once we actually see some gameplay footage. Yes, I'm very excited. So, what was your second game, Adub? Second game, last game for Adub. The big game went into this show not expecting anything about this game. Microsoft finishing their showcase as strong as humanly possible. They announced Forza Horizon Five. Not only did they announce Forza Horizon 5 and gave us an info blowout, they gave us a release date of November 9th, 2021. Damn, 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 damn. So let me just <laughs> walk you through the emotions and feelings that I was having while, while just processing all the information that was dumped onto me by the Playground staff. A-Dub 
somehow managed to get a Series X just to play Forza Horizon, you know, play Forza Motorsport, be set up for the future of Xbox, future Forza. It's not expecting anything to come along. Completely content, totally satisfied playing Forza Horizon 4 for as long as humanly possible. It's probably the best driving game that's available to this day. It looks absolutely phenomenal with the Series X upgrades that I get to enjoy. And not the Series X upgrades, the One X upgrades and the Series X performance enhancements with the fast loading and the 60 frames per second just locked. <laughs> it's just, it's it's a dream come true for me, especially since I got the car, the Lamborghini Huracan that I've been wanting to drive in a video game for so long. Totally happy. Here's Forza Horizon 5. Boom. Number one, it's like, awesome. It's coming. I'm happy. Here's the November 9th release date. I'm like, oh, shit. I've been enjoying Forza Horizon 4 for months now. And then I get to look forward to Horizon 5 in less than half a year. <laughs> By the end of this year, I will be playing the next iteration of Forza. On top of that, takes place in Mexico, completely different location than the UK in Forza Horizon 4. So on top of that, built from the ground up for Series X, it's got the most photorealistic visuals that I've ever seen in my life. Like it, You look like you are driving through Mexico. They got volcanoes. They got sandstorms. They got they got all kinds of towns, you know, they got dirt roads, you're driving through jungles. They, they set up like HD camera rigs, capturing the sky for several hours just so that they could render different lighting conditions per frame. Oh my goodness. They have all the social aspects set up. They've simplified them. They streamlined them. It's easier to race against you friends. It's easier to race against other people who happen to be online. The cars look absolutely phenomenal and utterly realistic. It's they, they couldn't have finished the show any stronger than if they put Starfield at the end and Forza Horizon 5 at the beginning. So basically, I got the two things that I would have asked for out of this show. I got two things that I never even expected and a bunch of other stuff to look forward to. AMC, how did you feel about Forza Horizon 5? Uh, yeah, it looked incredible. Um, uh, just seeing the... For me, it was the uh, the maps and the locations. like Just seeing all the different locations and just how clean that game looked like as they would <clears throat> zoom in on the environment and you kind of just see like you know like the leaves like fluttering yada yada and you're like oh like this looks like a photorealistic picture yeah. and all of a sudden you see these these cars just start driving by and you're in the middle of a race and it's like oh shit like that seamlessly transitioned out of nowhere and that was absolutely awesome so yeah like uh just an overall smooth game um and with that like yeah like just seeing the different areas uh and as we were talking about, um, you can do this wrong or you can do this right. And when it came to Final Fantasy Origins, they did it wrong when it came to, you know, representation. With Forza Horizon 5, 
seems like they did all the things right. They got the local, they got the artists, the local artists. They put up murals around like the, yeah, they have murals, which means that there's going to be all types of, I think, like hidden things within the world of that game. If you so choose to explore just the different towns and environments that you can uh, just uh, drive through. So with that, like that's, I don't know. And it's cool that it's in Mexico, just not, um, not a location that you get in a lot of games. I think, uh, last time I went, yeah, the last time I went to Mexico in a video game was, as um it was in red dead redemption 2 it was in red dead redemption yeah and i was going there and i was getting shot at and shooting people and then had making my way back to america as soon as humanly possible (laughs) yeah um it was just a land of outlaws and that's all i knew about mexico and so yeah it's it's nice to see a modern take on mexico it's also nice to see uh a take on mexico that's just focusing on the beauty of mexico and not just on yeah, not like on what, like cartels and all the stereotypical shit that you see when yeah. it comes to like how the media covers Mexico. Um, and so, yeah. How I think, certain people would like you to believe Mexico is. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's a, it's a game that uh, I think is going to, one, do service to that entire, like just that entire um, country. But also, um, I think it's going to be a great racing game on top of that as well. And so, yeah, you have that combination and it just, get you excited for what other environments that they could also explore eventually, but, uh, and then how they can make those games unique to those environments. But uh, yeah, they uh, seem to be doing everything right. I'm super excited for you. And I can't wait to knowing what we got from, what was it? Horizon four with like the Lego crossover and mm-hmm. all that stuff. We know that there's going to be updates, DLCs coming to this game and to see what that turns out to be. Um, uh, yeah. There's just, the future is bright for Forza, and I can't wait. I mean, they already have that built-in track editor where you can set up all the uh, all the kind of events you want to. I mean, they showed all it those off. modes. Yeah, <laughs> they showed it off by depicting a track where you guys are racing and knocking down giant bowling pins. You're driving over fans that are corkscrewing your car through the air as you're clearing these massive jumps. So, for Forza Horizon is the franchise to beat as far as racing goes it's it's my go-to i love it like it and this is from someone who was just tried and true dedicated gran turismo his whole life once i played fours of four i was like okay i like fours more than gran turismo when i played horizon four it was like okay it's gonna be hard for any other racing game to ever pull me away from this franchise so extremely pumped again like it if forza horizon four is any indication of the kind of respect and treatment that's going to be paid to the country of Mexico and its culture, its landmarks, even its local artists. Like uh, in Forza Horizon 4, they there are scenic spots. I think there's about 50 where, you know, it's this this bridge or this building or this historical landmark and, and this kind of stuff. So if they're leading off with Horizon 5 showing off murals from local artists in the country then i'm very excited to see what that is playground letting us know that the region of mexico is going to be the largest most diverse map for a horizon game that they've ever done which is also very exciting and yeah i look forward to driving down every single road completing as many events as humanly possible driving all my favorite vehicles it just going nuts with that game but amc we got anything left for the showcase uh no that's uh everything else i mean 
we don't have to we will i there's not much to discuss there because i was never a big halo multiplayer but you know they showed off a little bit of halo multiplayer they confirmed that the game will be coming out this holiday still haven't given us a date but it is coming out this year this holiday maybe it'll come out on december 31st who knows but uh (laughs) but yeah they showed off the uh, multiplayer multiplayer looked awesome i can only imagine that that campaign is going to be incredible don't really need to see more of that game but um everything i've seen so far just um lets me know that that game is i i have a like it's almost a guarantee that that game is going to be awesome um it's just get it out and so yeah we don't have to discuss that uh anything else you got I mean, they they also showed off a cinematic trailer for the next game coming from Arcane Studios, exclusive to the Xbox. Is one of the the new products coming from all these purchases and acquisitions. We're looking at Redfall, a game that people thought was going to be the next location for the Elder Scrolls franchise. Turns out to be a whole new game in and of itself. Uh, to give you the the one shot on the game based on, you know, something that you might be able to relate it to. It looks like it might end up being Borderlands meets Left 4 Dead, but instead of zombies with vampires. So that's already an interesting prospect. I mean, the trailer opens up with a a kinky-haired black girl sitting on a counter reading a book that with pages that she's turning with her her supernatural ability. Yeah, so already it's just like, okay... (laughs) (laughs) I'm all bored with whatever this is. So she gets off the counter. She starts talking to people. And you see that she's got a whole crew inside of a a destroyed liquor store. They're examining the the burnt corpse of a a vampire. Uh, They show you how they got into the shit when they were interrupting an occult ceremony. Next thing you know, they're shooting down hordes of vampires in the streets. They're using ethereal elevators to catapult themselves up into the air. They're shooting wooden stake cannons, taking out vampires left and right. We're seeing just all manner of powers, weapons, and team-based tactics. They got a little robot. I mean, this couldn't be more of a of kind of a a parallel of Borderlands because you got your four person team. They're aided by a robot companion who is definitely less chatty and less witty than Claptrap. So, you know, take that as you will. And yeah, you're, you're shooting. Granted, you're not looking at a whole bunch of different guns. I would like to see how the game is going to handle its weaponry and exactly what kind of game it's going to be. But based on what I've seen so far, it's something that I'm going to be paying pretty close attention to. AMC, how did you feel about Redfall? Um, yeah, it, it looked all right. Um, <laughs> it like if if you're like going for that Left 4 Dead thing, that um, the other game was the one that was a Back for Blood. Yes. That was the game where I was like, holy shit! Like this is the co-op shooter. That, like the, the, that people have been waiting for. This game also looked fun too. Um, I would have to see more, but um, yeah, this was um. If anything, I was looking at this and I was like, we still got machine games. We still got like, there are so many other studios that are working on games that we haven't heard from. And so I was just like, damn, like, it's insane that they show us all these games, all very playable. And that's not even like all their studios, what they have to offer. So it's not even like their five-year like plan. It's like their two-year plan, which means that they're going to be um, like, I saw some headline and who knows how true it is, but based off of this, it could be very true. But it's like, 
Xbox, um, there's like Phil Spencer or somebody was like, yeah, I want to be able to like put out like a game like every three months or so. They're going to have a new game out. And there's this idea of like, oh, like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Well, if they're if they're doing this Game Pass model, then they're not going to be like full games or whatever, yada, yada, yada. But these, all these games look full-fledged games. They looked like, look AAA quality. And um, it's not even everything that, that they have to offer as of yet. And so because of that, I'm just like, I am excited for Xbox fans because the one knock that they've been getting is, you know, like, oh, there's, they, they have all these studios, but where are the games? Now we're starting to see the games that they're working on. And it's not like, oh, shitty multiplayer game that can be like, that will be forgotten here. Multiplayer meaning not like co-op multiplayer, but more like, you know, another, another, yeah, um, team deathmatch style of game or, you know, like Overwatch knockoff or yada, yada, yada. Like these are all like campaign driven, narrative driven games single player player. and so they're doing everything it seems like they're making all the right decisions and so for somebody who kind of took it on the chin last gen they have completely taken all those notes downloaded the information and they're coming out like nate diaz in round five (laughs) ready to to give you that that one that that slap and then right hand (laughs) the last minute of round five (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah it's uh it's awesome to see that um you know to see microsoft show up in a way where it's not like oh we're getting away from consoles and yada 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 it's like no 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 they're they're trying to take over and sony needs to take note <laughs> so yeah i was i was thoroughly impressed yeah speaking of notes uh, uh, speaking of uh, notes uh, uh, <laughs> yeah so with a conference of this magnitude of course you're gonna get some attitude it's coming from the trolls so, as you can probably tell, today's trolls, <laughs> excuse me, I am allergic to this bullshit already. Today's trolls are coming sideways at the Microsoft Bethesda Xbox conference. First troll says, RIP Sony. <laughs> Sony D. Next troll says, why does everything in this conference look like a last gen game? Damn. <laughs> AMC, how does that make you feel inside? I mean, maybe it's that same person who's like, oh, games need to be only PS5 or Xbox Series X or they're all like, they're all old trash or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's that's something that people are going to, people are going to say until games are exclusive to next gen and be that as it may, that guy can go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, Let's just, you know, think about this logistically. Uh, they probably all look like last year games because it's been seven fucking months. <laughs> it's still like kind of last year. It's only the first first year of this gen. What you think? Do you really think you're going to be getting late cycle current gen games at the beginning of the generation? Like, why do we have to do this? every five to seven years. Oh, it looks like the last gen game. Yeah, stupid. They're still making last gen games and they just started with this new technology. Give them some time to learn. Give them some time to get some new tools. Give them some time to grow. You don't come out the womb walking. Next show says, Halo is dead. Same shit over and over and over again. 
Well, this is an open world Halo. <laughs> so that's not the same shit. <laughs> that's different shit. You ain't got Cortana. That's different shit. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's let Halo show improve at this point because they're trying to handle this with care. They're trying to expand and give us something different while also giving us things that feel familiar, such as the multiplayer, which looks like it is being handled lovingly and tenderly. Chill out. Next troll says, if you like shooters, I guess it's good for you. But it's been pretty lame so far, in my opinion. Let's see. What games were in shooters? We saw some Somerville. It, the only thing being shot in that game was not by the player character. We saw some replaced. We saw some replaced. You're shooting, but it's not a shooter. It's a 2.5D side scrolling action adventure platforming cyberpunk post apocalyptic. <laughs> we saw Psychonauts 2, not a shooter. Not a shooter. <laughs> by any means, we saw Forza Horizon 5, which is totally not a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we saw. Plague Tale Requiem, which we didn't mention, but the sequel to A Plague Tale Innocence, which I've only seen speaking of in spoken of, speaking of, <laughs> which I've only seen spoken of in just the fondest terms for a game that I personally don't see the appeal of, but people seem to love it. And it's something that I might get into at a later date. Visually, it looks absolutely stunning. So we'll see about that. We saw a fl flight simulator, also not a shooter. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It had that Top Gun expansion. <laughs> Your man Goose had his finger on the trigger. Yeah, but first-person shooter is what they're trying to say. I don't know what you're going to be shooting at in flight <laughs> simulator. Shooting at the, the Parthenon or shooting at fucking mm. Eiffel Tower. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. We saw, saw Age of Empires 4, not a shooter. <laughs> definitely not a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where do people get this shit? Man? Yeah, we, we saw, saw we saw a party animals, not a shooter. Not a shooter. <laughs> he, you did have a crossbow <laughs> with a suction cup dart. <laughs> and yeah, party animals, another game we didn't even get to because it's just so many goddamn games. Which we saw, like, we saw snore, we saw uh, shredders, also not a shooter. <laughs> we saw Sea of Thieves, not a shooter. Yeah, we saw Aiden Chronicle 100 Heroes, <laughs> not a shooter. Not a shooter. <laughs> we saw Yakuza like a dragon. <laughs> that's not that's not like a shooter <laughs> next show says thank god for game pass because so far the conference has been meh so let me get this straight <laughs> exactly exactly you're not interested in anything you're not impressed by anything but you're glad you get to play it all <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I, i'm glad i get to play it all without paying for it but you don't like it. <laughs> you're also paying for Game Pass. Exactly. And you're paying for Game Pass yeah. to play these games. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> Next troll says, biggest Xbox fan out there, but this is really subpar. Some, something makes me believe that you're not the biggest Xbox fan out there. <laughs> Clearly you're not the biggest Xbox fan. I'm a bigger Xbox fan than you, and I thought the show was outstanding. Next show says, looks like this is going to be the generation of scummy timed third-party exclusives. Shame on Microsoft and Sony. Well, shit, that's the business. These are boxes that they're trying to sell. They're trying to get players. They're trying to get market share. How else are they going to do it? 
I mean, they could do first party exclusives all day and night, but at some point you're going to have to bolster your portfolio with things that other people simply cannot get their hands on without being in your ecosystem. It's called business. You either get on the bandwagon or you get off. Next troll. Also, <laughs> it's not, it's not, also, it's not a straight up exclusive. You can get it. You just got to wait. <laughs> yeah. Console exclusive. Uh, day, day one launch exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Console launch exclusive. That's the code term for 2021. Console launch exclusive. Next troll says, so far besides Halo, everything has fallen flat. All right. <laughs> it's not, not even worth the time. Next troll says, Forza looks good, but it's just a racing game. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, uh, what, yeah. what else is it supposed to be? You want to hop out the car with a sword and start ghost riding the whip? Ghost riding the whip? You want, you want the Vallejo simulator? <laughs> <laughs> you want that yay area simulator? Got 40 water? It would be dope if you could be 40. Dip, dip, <laughs> gas, break, dip, dip. That should be that should be the next area for Forza Horizon is Oaktown. Oak <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would be crazy. That should be high. You get the yeah, we don't have to get into it, but <laughs> uh, let's see. So in building upon the revelation of how outstanding Forza Horizon 5 looks, this troll has this to say. Well, the cars are just metal. And the roads are flat. Doesn't require much power to look good. Okay. And it looks good. <laughs> so they took advantage of all the horsepower that they have. They rendered the game that they needed to render. And they used the rest to make it look as good as humanly possible. It looks phenomenal. Are you saying it doesn't look phenomenal? Like, what's going on here? Comments like this are a waste of words and a waste of people's time. Mm. Next, Troll says, this show sucked. Not much new and mostly CG trailers for the big titles. So unless you have a boner for Halo and Forza, Microsoft still ain't got much coming to Xbox. Except, like, they, except they do have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got a lot coming. <laughs> I mean, and on top of that, I do have a boner for Halo and Forza, so <laughs> they took care of my boner. I'm going to keep taking care of them. Next troll says, pretty shit showcase. Yeah, that showcase was full of pretty shit. So yeah. A-Dub's going to be buying a lot of it. Specifically, Somerville replaced Forza Horizon 5. Going to be looking at Stalker 2. Definitely going to be paying attention to Halo Infinite. Going to be paying attention to Redfall gonna be paying attention to Aiden Chronicles or whatever the fuck it is. I don't remember the name, but it looks unbelievable with that. Like, first of all, we didn't get to talk about that game. JRPG, I believe it was um, on Kickstarter, spiritual successor to Sui Coden, so Aiden and the Hundred Heroes. But it's rendered in the 2.5D style of Octopath Traveler, and it has just your stereotypical. Japanese like charm and cuteness, characters running around, knocking each other down, knocking each other off the screen. But then you get to the combat where it takes that 
Octopath style and goes to a whole new level because it's kind of a three quarter angle where you're like, think of that the Dragon Ball Xenoverse where you're behind the character and it's kind of at an angle. So you see the opponent off to the side and you're fighting. So it's kind of like that with the combat and your characters are taking up different positions on the battlefield. Like the archer isn't just standing next to your your fighters on the front line. He's standing like on a cliff, sniping. Yeah. <laughs> other, <laughs> other characters are just jumping in the enemy's faces, slashing, swiping, knocking dudes over the horizon. <laughs> so it's got it's got a lot of charm. It's got a lot of characters. So it's, and I believe voice acting uh, with James McAvoy. So we got Professor Xavier. Yeah, <laughs> got my man Split. Yeah, the Beast. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that game is uh that game yeah, I I don't have to say much, but that game looked absolutely phenomenal. It looked absolutely phenomenal and much like how Party Animals has solidified Gang Beast as creating a genre, I believe this game along with the the Dragon Quest remake also being done in the Octopath 2.5D style is solidified the Octopath style of the sprite-based RPG as a genre or at least a game design. So that's good to know. Hopefully we get some more classics given that kind of loving treatment. Next, Troll says, well, that was underwhelming. Very much like that comment. Next, Troll says, like literally what did they show today to get people to want to buy an Xbox that's new and isn't two years or more away? Well, Starfield. <laughs> Number two, Forza Horizon 5. So Number three, Halo. Yes. <laughs> so especially owning Bethesda now, three tent poles of the Microsoft ecosystem. So there you go. Quit your belly bitching. Next troll says, every game ranged from okay to not worth talking about. Only game that went a bit above just being okay was Halo. Sir, I do not envy you or your disposition because you seem to be in great pain and you need some serious help with that. AMC, how you feel about that bullshit? Yeah, these people are all on some bullshit. I, I, I do like that they all like Halo because Halo did look yeah. great. Um, but that wasn't the only game that looked great. And as I said, with the, um, at least I didn't get into this, but with Halo taking, the, or Halo, with Sony taking the year off uh, from E3, what, um, what I was thinking is that, like, what's important about these conferences um, that, like, you know, you don't always get in a state of play, like, especially with like the last state of play we saw, it was very focused on Horizon. And so you do have a complete discussion about Horizon. But with these conferences, what they do really well is they give something for everybody. And that's what this Microsoft conference has. And you can see the small mindedness of the people who are watching it is they're like, well, I didn't want to buy all 30 of these games. Thus <laughs> it's a failure. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. If you walked away with two or three games that you would want to buy within the next two years, Microsoft has already won because that's 
three games that they can guarantee that you're going to buy from them. And so that's all you really need. And so you're trying to, you're, you're painting with like a broad brush with these conferences and hoping to get as many people interested as possible. Cause that's what gets them to then one buy your console. And then when you buy the console, you have also have this thing now game pass, if people might want to get on that. And then next thing you know, you're trying out Forza and you're thinking, Oh, this, this, this game that's all about racing and nothing else, ah, whatever. And then you're all of a sudden absorbed into this game and everything else that comes along those lines the games that you normally wouldn't have tried and next thing you know you're now a fan of that genre and so yeah that's the that's why i think these conferences are still important these big ones where they're just showing there where it's just a showcase of a bunch of different games um yeah that's uh that's why it was important and you can see based off of the comments they hit all the right notes because the people who found who had issue with this had all the issues that like you would expect from somebody who isn't educated about gaming. It's just a racing game, AMC. Yeah. <laughs> Next troll says, that was it. That was it. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last troll, and this is quite the troll. They say, this entire E3 has been pathetic. Honestly, they should have just canceled it again. There's barely anything to show. Microsoft, Bethesda have been the only ones to show anything remotely interesting, and even then, it wasn't anything amazing. All right, let's recap. So, Avatar, somewhat interesting. You know, what to see what that turns into. That's Ubisoft. Square Enix showed us copious amounts of a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Definitely got a soft spot for that. Looking forward to it. And then Microsoft came and put on one of the best shows that they put on in a very long time. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about how Hades is coming to consoles, Xbox Series X, PS5. Game Pass. Game Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We didn't get to talk about the Devolver Digital Conference with Trek to Yomi, which is looking like a, a 2D Kurosawa filtered Ghost of Tsushima like done on an indie level. Oh, so excited for that. I mean, it's, there are games that are still being posted by the minute at this moment that we haven't even seen trailers for. Like I'm thinking about Black Skyland where it's a top down open world airship crafting survival shooter that I was trying to show the AMC right at a time. I'm, I'm thinking about like, what is it? Pa- Path of the Abyss? whatever else is going on with Devolver Digital. We didn't get to talk about Shredders, which is a return to the snowboarding genre. Uh, We didn't get to talk about Slime Rancher. (laughs) I know everybody's excited about that. (laughs) And the thing is, it's not even over yet. We still have Capcom Showcase. We have Nintendo Showcase. Uh, I believe you said there's an indie showcase. So there's there's a lot more still to come uh, from E3. So that means trailers on trailers on trailers coming your way. So It'd be like it'd be like the, the other years where if you just watched the what was it just the Sunday and then you're just like, oh, well, that's it. And then like Sony still hasn't had their conference. <laughs> all these other like all these other uh, publishers haven't had their conferences yet. Like you're you're going based off of basically a day and that and there's still a lot more to come. I mean, I'm looking at we got a trailer posted for a game called Solstice. We got a trailer posted for a game called Tiny Kid. More footage from Chernobyl Light. We got a we got a game called Extinction. You know, we we saw Jurassic World Evolution 2 revealed. 
we saw all manner of games and it's just there's not enough time so if you're only looking at a, sh a showcase or two in judging the whole event which spans like five days you're you're missing everything and it always harkens back to that same old that same old thing that we reiterate to everyone who listens it's like if you're on a specific diet of games, especially if you're on that triple A diet, you're just missing out on the lion's share of all the different kinds of games and experiences that you could possibly be consuming. Like indies alone, games like Somerville, games like Replaced. It's this is where the creativity, the originality, the the, the uh, is it's where the future is. It's where the love is. It's where, it's where the experience truly lies. And then we have the big triple A's to just give us that fix, that blockbuster, set-piece-driven, narrative-oriented, high-octane action experience. Games are doing the most right now, and the least we can do is try to keep up with what's out there. Nobody's asking you to play everything, but at least know what's out Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. All right, so we're <laughs> we're at the uh, hour forty point. So let's, oh, um, let's start wrapping up. But I feel like we can't like just gloss this over because it was a big deal. Um, there's summer games fest. There are games that were announced, and as the resident from uh, super fan, we'll say. Oh. Yes. Please talk about uh, your thoughts about the Elden Ring trailer. You also got a release date. Was it uh, January? I think twenty first, twenty twenty two. What did you think about that trailer? Well, first of all, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad we got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were rumors circulating. You know, we here at Control Issues don't subscribe to, endorse, or condone any rumors. We wait till shit's official. But yeah, man, Elden Ring, it's official. Open world, riding a horse. And yeah, man, it's just, it's wild to see the next iteration of that Miyazaki horror creativity, knowing that it isn't going to be the more constrained experience of a Souls, of a Bloodborne, of a Sekiro, where it's like you have these open spaces where you're running around, but, you know, you still got to move forward. Elden Ring, you're going to be running. So it it's already extremely cryptic. It's already extremely creepy. Like the the trailer showed us a great deal of gameplay, but it didn't really give us much context. It didn't do any kind of technical deep dive. So we don't know much about the mechanics other than, you know, you're gonna be fighting, you're gonna be blocking, you're gonna be riding a horse. Apparently your horse can jump really high and run up damn near sheer cliffs. So hopefully that helps out with exploration. You're gonna have you're gonna be able to summon some kind of power and imbue your sword with energy, extend that reach, hopefully get a, a attack power increase. So, you know, there's a lot to work with in order to build upon with your imagination now that we know what the game looks like. Uh, but other than that, I'm just looking forward to seeing more as the months roll by. And January can't come soon enough. Glad it's that close. You know, that's seven That'll fly by, especially once I get that Forza Horizon 5. AMC, how did you feel about Elden Ring? Yeah, it looked great. Um, I won't get too into detail just because um, 
I'm, I'm like hot and sweaty right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally just, <laughs> I'm basting right now. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about Elden Ring, but yeah, the game looks awesome, uh, especially for, um, I, I skipped over Sekiro, um, but this game seems to be doing enough different and has caught my intrigue, especially with the open world nature of it, that um, I'm I'm totally back in Um in these, uh, I guess this this Souls genre or franchise. So yeah, um, I'm excited for Elden Ring, um, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, so yeah, that's all I gotta say. But hey, Dub, you got any final words before we get out of here? We got a whole lot more to look forward to. This is just the tip of the iceberg. So if you listen to this show, you're probably another two days deep into this E3 season. You probably already have seen things come over the horizon that we haven't even we don't even know are coming yet. So I'm very envious of you, but at the same token, I'm right there with you. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy these games. Quit hating. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AM. And this is the are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Sucker. Sucker.